The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So today I'm giving the fourth, the third of five talks on Nibbana or Nirvana. And uh, it can be a complex topic with and sometimes, uh, especially in some circles of Buddhism and among teachers, Buddhist teachers, there can be a lot of discussion about what it really is Nibbana. And there can be controversies, controversies around it. And, um, and one of the controversies that goes back thousands of years in the Theravadan tradition itself is whether Nibbana, Nirvana, is a state or a thing or a place and uh, that's transcendent or whether it really is an absence. And there's m- many, much of the tradition finds it really uh, distasteful or unacceptable to consider the highest goal and highest possibility of Buddhism to be an absence and uh, because then it can have no profundity, it can have no power, no big influence on free and freeing us. And Nibbana has to be something and uh, a transcendent state, for example, that is beyond time and place, which is somehow unconditioned, uncreated, that somehow exists in some transcendent way. And uh, and the the my own orientation to this is that it's an absence so that's the that's the kind of the 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 way I'll, I'm kind of the background for how I'm talking about it this week and I think it's a radical ax- absence an absence that's actually quite profound and quite transformative and radical and quite powerful in its own way and um, so how can that be so one of the things to understand about the word nibbana is that it is in fact a noun, but it's a verbal noun. It, like the word walking, the person is walking, and because the person's walking, we can talk about the walking the person is doing. And the walking is a verbal noun of the verb walking. So the same thing, uh, we can have an exp- we can have we can release our clinging and then we can talk about the release. The release felt so good and um, and that the releasing is the verb and the releasing is the verbal noun. So it turns out that Nibbana is a verbal noun and it's directly connected to um, a verb that's very similar, uh, Nibayati. So nibbana, nibba, nibbana, nibayati, n-i-b-b long a, y-a-t-i, and uh, it's um, so. Uh, and nibayati is the act of release, or of cooling, or of the fire going out, uh, the fire of clinging, fire of attachment, and. Uh, and sometimes translators into English will uh, find that it's awkward to translate nibayati as uh, something like in English uh, uh, nibanaying, 
uh, you know, if you use the Pali word, or to, um, uh, so they sometimes will translate it as to, even though it's the verb, to attain Nibbana. And then we read it as a, a noun, to attain this noun, this thing. But it's really the act of releasing. And you find the tradition in the Buddha's teachings over and over again uses verbs to describe the action of freeing. So freeing, uh, the destruction of the attachments we have, the ending of something, the releasing of something. And uh, there's this movement of, that happens. And, uh, and that's the important movement of freedom, f- uh, to be, of freeing ourselves from our attachments. And when we free ourselves, uh, then there's the absence of what we were caught by. So if I'm holding something and I put it down, then there's the absence of the thing in my hand. If I've been caught, if I'm clinging to something for a very, very long time, it's a big deal than to have put it down and have the hand open. And the hand now is absence of something, but it's not a minor thing that it's now it's now uh, no longer um, there if I've been holding it for 20 years and finally my hand is free to do something else. The, um, the analogy I like to use for how significant this is, uh, the, so an absence, is someone who's been in prison for 10, 20, 30, 40 years and, um, and finally they're uh, freed from prison and, and now they walk down the street and they look like everyone else maybe walking down the street um, and uh, living their lives. But the longer they've been in prison, the more the absence of prison is something that they always appreciate. The absence is actually quite significant for them. Um, in a way, there are other people walking the street who've never been to prison wouldn't appreciate. So the same thing with uh, a lifetime of clinging, of holding, of being attached, of being closed in ways that many of us don't even realize we are because we haven't really developed a deep sensitivity of mindfulness to really understand uh, the kind of underlying holding, attachment, clinging that uh, supports all the ways in which we suffer, all the distress and stress and that we feel. And so, um, but to really to have that release of suffering, release of clinging, uh, and have the absence of it shows a, p- a powerful potential of freedom. And that absence then becomes an arena in which we can function and move with freedom. So one of the uh, meanings of Nibbana, in the way I often like to translate it, uh, is uh, Nibbana is release. It's the releasing, it's the release of whatever it is that limits us, that binds us, that uh, oppresses us, uh, that has its genesis in ourselves. And to have freed ourselves from this is quite a, you know, to move in that direction is uh, one of the great paths of human life. And to really start attaining and tasting a degree of this absence of clinging, absence of greed, hatred, and delusion, and to really appreciate this possibility, the Buddha describes it as the Dharma, which is visible here and now. So the Dharma, whatever the Buddha was talking about as the Dharma, you don't find it 
in a book or in teachings. The essence of it is something that's visible to us directly here and now. And how is it uh, visible? The Buddha was very clear. He said it's visible when there's been greed and the greed has been abandoned, released, brought to an end. That is how the Dharma is visible. That uh, it's kind of simplistic. It's maybe not such a, you know, it doesn't take a lot of books and deep philosophy to uh, understand this kind of Dharma, but it's very practical. And it's very, uh, you know, at least in, in, in maybe in the imagination, something we can understand that if we've been holding tight for a long time and then we release that holding, in the release, we see the Dharma. The releasing is really the heart of the Dharma. Sometimes we have to understand the holding first so before we can release it. And so sometimes mindfulness has a lot to do with just being present for all the ways we might be attached and to cling. And as we understand it deeply and well, the underlying conditions for it, then something can release. We, we, as we stop feeding it and fueling it and fueling the fires of greed, hate, and delusion, the fires begin to go out. And this idea of going out, releasing, the fire gets released. Um, uh, it's kind of an ancient kind of idea that doesn't quite work in the, maybe in modern English. But this, the nibbana of the fire is the cooling of the fire, the, the calming of the fire, the, the going out of the fire, the release of the fire. Um, and, uh, and then, um, and so to really, to, to experience that for oneself in these areas of our life that's so ordinary, it's so common, it's so common to have li- maybe to have some little movements of hostility or big movements of hostility, jealousy, resentment, and then to have the palpable, visceral experience of that not there. And especially if we can learn how to abandon, not there because we've been distracted from it, but there because we're, something's really let go, something's released. Ah, look at that. And, um, and then that is where the Dharma is. And that is also, in in teachings of the Buddha, also uh, uh, seen as a possibility of tremendous inspiration. Oh, this is possible. It's possible to live without clinging. It might be hard to do it thoroughly or do it all the time, but to have some experience of this release that's possible and the absence then of of, uh, clinging and to really appreciate that absence and the, what it, the breath of fresh air and fresh heart and fresh mind that it gives is really fantastic. So I think of Nibbana as the release and this wonderful absence that follows that release is really uh, how we begin to understanding the Dharma and what it's really about in the big picture. And, and um, you don't have to have a lot of philosophy for this. So uh, to make the Nibbana a transcendent thing, maybe, maybe it is, uh, there's these different points of view, but, um, but the release, once we have a sense of release of clinging, and then we don't want to then cling to the transcendent idea of Nibbana as a thing or a state or something. It'd be a little bit like um, we have held our hands in a fist for a very, very long time. And we finally open the fist 
And it feels so good for the fist, the fingers, the hand to be free and open and relaxed. And we like it so much that we then want want it more. And so because we want it, we close the fist to grab hold of it. And of course, you can't have both. You can't grab the fist. You can't grab on. You can't grab the open hand. As soon as you grab the open hand, you've lost it. So this freedom of uh, Nibbana, this release, that uh, what Nibbana is, this releasing, it feels so good. But then if we want that goodness, we paradoxically are going in opposite direction. We're grabbing onto it again. So it's a kind of wonderful kind of um, <clears throat> balancing act, a wonderful kind of space to walk in to really appreciate freedom and letting go and calm and then not to pick up clinging again, not to be over-evaluated or hold on to it or get stuck on it. So Nibbana as release. And as we develop our mindfulness, we will begin experiencing small and sometimes big, small experiences of that of release and freedom. That is a dharma, to appreciate that. And don't be blinded from that by thinking that the dharma is something much more difficult and sophisticated that only people with PhDs will understand. Uh, that uh, it's, it's, it's to be understood right there in the release, in the and so may you be released. May, be, may you delight in your release. May you understand how it leaves, leads to the release of all suffering. Thank you.